Okay, so, I don't know, maybe you're thinking what I'm thinking, where some of the podcasts I listen to do something, like, bloopery at the oh, beginning. Oh, yeah, 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 uh, like a blooper thing, and then it goes into their, like, theme music. And then their professional-sounding yeah. introduction. Um, so let's try that. Okay. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to episode 72 of From the Front Porch, a collection of conversations on books, small business, and life in the South. I'm Chris Jensen, a PhD student at Florida State University and a bookseller at The Bookshelf. And I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia. We are changing up our format this week. It's going to be a little different, but we are taking some cues from some, from some podcasts that we listen to, and we recorded our interview before we even recorded this introduction. Can you tell? <laughs> So this is all still kind of new, but we talked to Dara Barwick, a small business consultant from Thomasville, and we chatted about brand identity and the importance of design and the role it plays in all aspects of our lives. And it was a great interview. It was a really um, good interview. I enjoyed having Dara on so much. She was just so fun. You loved, I believe your quote was, you loved her worldview. I do. <laughs> I love the way that she thinks of everything as together and connected and holistic and and she was really passionate uh, yes and i think you i think you're going to be able to tell that in the interview it really came through she was a delight i'd love to have her on again sometime shall we begin i think so all right oh, thank you oh, so come on in hey hello how you doing? good to see you i'm chris <laughs> thank you i'm see you in the store all the time yeah how are you? I'm great. We're actually going to have you sit on this couch with okay. us. Okay. My notebook. You'll be in off. the middle. I've got to get your phone number in my phone now before I leave. Yes. <laughs> I know. I just, we were both like, uh-oh, where is she? And uh -huh. I just saw. I had a meeting with Sterling. Hale and couldn't keep looking at my watch. <laughs> sure. All right. What are we going to talk about? Well, that's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> what do we want to do? We've got some ideas. Okay. Um, so I think that we should talk about the townie and your involvement with the townie. Okay. And then kind of morph into small business and the work that you do with small businesses in small towns. Okay. Does that sound good? That sounds and good. And really, it's whatever you want to talk about. <laughs> yeah, we kind of, it's a conversation. Have you heard the podcast before? Yes, I have. Okay. So it's a conversation, not an interview. Yeah. We just want to... Yeah, it's not See an interview. And then at the end, or toward the end, I will ask four questions that we ask everybody. Okay. Um, and those, I think, can we just ask those at that time? Yeah. Yeah, it'll be. Just be surprised yeah. questions, huh? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> you can't edit this podcast, I'm hoping. I can't. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and we will. Okay. Um, so why don't we first talk about the townie and... So many of our podcast listeners may not even be from Thomasville. So what is the Thomasville Townie? Well, the Townie is the true expression of being in Thomasville, living mm. here, understanding the life of um, the people of the Ville. Mm -hmm. And um, I get such a kick out of being associated with the Townie because it's uh, a true expression of it. You mm -hmm. know, you can feature in my role, I help mostly with social media, but I can not only feature special businesses, I can feature special people, people who are contributing and making a difference to the culture of the town. So um, I feel like it's a good fit. One thing Chris has commented, um, I remember when he first started working at the bookshop, why don't you say your your comment that you made about all of the publications? Well, I was going to say, like, I started working here a year ago, and I just noticed... 
in my my short time here that Thomasville has so many publications about itself. <laughs> I've never seen a town with so many magazines and newspapers about itself, and I I think I kind of think it's great. Um, all these things that that advertise different aspects of Thomasville because Thomasville, for as small as it is, has so many faces. Um, and the townie I think is one of my favorite faces. Um, it feels very homey, I guess. That's good to hear. <laughs> yeah, I think that that's true. And so I guess kind of what sets the townie apart from like Tom Magazine or... or Thomasville Scene or yeah. Thomasville Magazine or... <laughs> <laughs> or Southwest Georgia Living. Like, could be or Wiregrass. Yeah. <laughs> so what sets the townie apart, do you think? Well, I believe one thing is that it's so... It, it, there's a real niche there that the townie grabs because it is the town where some other things are more regional mm -hmm. in their scope, but the townie is truly about the town of Thomasville. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be just within the Broad Street, doesn't mm -hmm. have to be just within the business district mm -hmm. of downtown. It can be anything, but it really is about Thomasville. Mm -hmm. I love writing for the townie. And you do such a good job. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Um, I love it because my background is journalism. And so when I f was given the opportunity to write a column, it was so exciting for me because I thought, yes, back to my back mm -hmm. to my roots of being able to write for... And I love... It feels a lot like um, I was able to write and edit for my college newspaper. And it feels a little bit like that, that where you're contributing, you're finding out news from the downtown area and all the cool things that Thomasville has going on because Thomasville has a lot going so on. So many things going on, which yeah. is why it has so many faces. Yeah, which is why it has so many publications. Yeah, and we need itself. that. And even though we do feature things and talk about things on the townie Facebook page and Instagram and all that may not be happening in Thomasville, we may feature something in Boston, uh -huh. which is in Thomas County and surrounding areas or Tallahassee. But these are people who love Thomasville and they spend a lot of time a lot of time in our town. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. We give them some love. They give right. us some love. Which, speaking of that, you live in Boston. Is that right? We live on a farm okay. that is between Boston and Barwick. Okay. So we're about six and a half miles north of Boston. Okay. And so if you live in that area, and you, we just talked about how connected Boston, or even we, like we at the bookshop get customers from Moultrie or Albany. Sure. Boston, Georgia for listeners. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Boston, not, Georgia. Not in our region. She did not fly down from Massachusetts. That's true. <laughs> but, we should clarify. They yes. do have a mini marathon, though. <laughs> that's right. I, I remember that. Oh, that's excellent. <laughs> <laughs> really cute. But customers. Yeah, so we have these customers from other parts of our region who just really love Thomasville. You live Boston, Barwick. What makes you love Thomasville so much and so connected to Thomasville? Oh my gosh, how do you explain that? How can you not <laughs> <Yeah>. love Thomasville? <laughs> I don't know. Um, my hometown is hometown is Quitman, and I love Quitman too. Mm -hmm. But Thomasville is um, just they've just the people here have done such a good job of connecting mm -hmm. with each other. It can always grow, mm -hmm. always grow, but it's um, it's a feeling that you belong. Mm -hmm. I think you have to make the effort to be engaged. Yes. Yeah. I think I've learned that. You for have sure. to be engaged, but I think if you make that effort to be engaged, you're just uh, welcomed with open arms. And that's how I've always felt about Thomasville. You do a lot of work with small businesses or small business owners, entrepreneurs. Um, I think you were, came here from another meeting about maybe promoting mm -hmm. Thomasville or helping. What made you involved with that work? Well, 
in, in my past career, I worked in economic and community development, so mm-hmm. I learned a lot about what it takes to make a business successful. Mm-hmm. We used to call on hundreds of businesses every year and bring them tools and resources. So after I left that job, I actually retired from the state of Georgia, who was my employer, and I wanted to start consulting right away. I mean, mm-hmm. the next day, I started my consulting <laughs> and No I, break. Yeah, and I actually consulted back with that department to do some things <laughs> in tourism for a while. But the reason uh, I do what I do is I gave it tremendous thought, and I decided I'm going to focus on the things that bring me joy, that I know I'm better at than most people could ever be, mm-hmm. and not have to do a 100 things. I'm going to do a few things, and I I hope that I do it really well. So, uh, promoting businesses and organizations, primarily helping them meet all the steps that it takes to give that great customer experience. Mm -hmm. Because whether someone asked me to help them with marketing, or they asked me to help them with making their performance better, Mm -hmm. everything really ends up being for the customer, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Because if we don't have customers, do we have a business? (laughs) No. Uh, So that's really why. I just love helping um, a business or a nonprofit, really, or or local government, get to the point where they think they have all the ABCDs covered, and they end up making that customer have a great experience with them if they'll implement all this stuff. Mm-hmm. It's fun. I think Thomasville does a really good job about that. We've had um, Sarah Turner mm-hmm. on the podcast, and she works with the city of Thomasville. We've had Laura Beggs in. Uh-huh. And you can just tell these are people when they're planning Victorian Christmas or when they're planning um, Rose Show, they really try to keep the people of Thomasville in mind, yes. their customer. Yeah. That's right. And so I think that's something Thomasville at least is really aware of and, and works hard to do. Yeah. Yes, and we we like to think anyway that being Southerners, mm-hmm. we're just better at that than most people. <laughs> I don't know if that's really true, but we think it it's is. It's in the blood. It's in the blood. Um, another thing I do quite a bit of, especially for nonprofits, is strategic planning. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a facilitator of strategic planning, and I love doing that because uh, at the end of the day, I feel like I've done a good job to help them plot their journey. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have a plan out there, Especially if you're um, really, you know, you're dealing with some challenges. Everybody does. Nothing's 100% pure. So um, I, I love being a part of that strategic planning effort so that they have a path to follow. Um, you mentioned too your work with social media. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so interesting. Social media has really changed business and everything. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> and small business, especially, a lot of times people will ask, what does the bookshelf do to advertise? And we've started to advertise a little bit more in Tallahassee, in print publications or, you know, event programs here in town or something like that. But so much of what we rely on is word of mouth and then Facebook, yes. Instagram, Instagram, Twitter. And, Twitter. Yes. <laughs> and so what have you found or what do you do to kind of help businesses with social media? Because the other thing I've discovered is it's you can't just do it. You have to do it well. You do. Mm-hmm. And you have to stay so, uh, you have to stick so with your brand mm-hmm. if possible. So it's kind of hard to hire someone else to do your social media for you. They have mm. to really speak they have with to your really voice. understand your brand. They right? do. But at the same time, I think there's a real need out there for people to be in that business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a, a real demand for it. I was just recently blessed to attend the Southern Sea Summit in oh, Charleston, yeah. South Carolina. And Oh my gosh, those uh, two founders who started that have done a wonderful job of collaborating and connecting. Uh, besides being in, in the design world and appreciating the design world, um, they really have a knack for that. And what I learned at that conference 
in every session that I attended is you need to do be across any spectrum of social media that seems a fit for what you do. Mm -hmm. But do you know that in spite of the rumors, Facebook is still the most return on investment? Really? Yes. That's news to me. It is news. Um, But that is what these experts that have, you know, 50,000 followers Mm -hmm. and they're all over the Mm -hmm. place and and doing very well in their businesses, they said, ignore that rumor because Facebook Mm -hmm. is still where I get the best ROI. And I just saw an article this morning that said the same thing. Really? Yes. Why Why do you think that is? I don't know. I, I, I want to study more yeah. about that and figure it out. Because Facebook came about when I was in high school. Um, I have seen the social network, so I guess I know the whole history. <laughs> yeah. um, but I, I, I joined in 2006 when I was a junior in high school. And I have been on it ever since, which just seems so crazy to me. That feels like just about half my life. Yeah. <laughs> Um, 10 years, so not quite half, maybe (laughs) between half and a third. Um, it's so much and it has dominated like every sphere of my existence, but I, I teach at Florida state and my students who are just about 10 years, eight years younger than me, they barely use Facebook at all. It seems like. You but, know, the, then think about that. Then maybe it's the age of the people right. who are spending the money. That's and I think that's general. exactly what it is. Yeah, because even for the bookshelf, we get so much more traction on our Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if that always translates to sales. To sales. Yes. But you're right. The audience on Facebook, those are the people... With capital. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe they're the older people. Maybe right. they're between... And 35 is not old, but let's say 35 to 60 and above mm-hmm. is, is who that is. And then people who really use Google an- Analytics mm-hmm. seriously well mm-hmm. can tell a whole lot about yeah. who their audience is and who their buyers right. are. So they all love... the all the social media platforms. You know, Instagram's very important. Mm-hmm. And Twitter, and I know Snapchat is a, is a good one Gosh, now. yes, and I... Uh, the but, bookshelf hasn't gotten there yet. But, you know, you really have to <laughs> figure out... Here's the really important thing, I think. Figure out which one or ones are a fit for the bookshelf. Right. And don't worry about the others. Right. Because... Um, you know, you you do, I have to say this, and it's not because you're doing this podcast with me, but <laughs> I'm telling you, the bookshelf is hands above. Oh, so many small you. businesses on sticking to the brand, um, engaging with your customers, and always expressing that from your window displays to... Anyway, it's just, you do a fabulous job. Thank you. That means a lot. Give you some love. (laughs) Um, Before we move into our kind of formal questions Mm -hmm. that we ask everybody, I want to hear a little bit more about the summit in South Carolina because I didn't get to go. Um, Tell us what that summit is about and who kind of gathers together and what that conference is about. Well, the conference was started as a place for people who work and live in the design world primarily to come together to connect and collaborate. Okay. And the two women who started it um, had that as their goal, Mm -hmm. and they both had backgrounds that contributed well to starting this business. So they have an event or a couple of events per year. They run a fabulous blog Mm -hmm. that really tells stories about makers and designers, and and this can be bloggers, Foodies, uh, you know, okay. our local uh, Hale McCollum okay. was a presenter there for the last two years. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, um, Angie Turner, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Angie, yes. she was a presenter there this year, okay. attended last year. This was my first year there. Okay. And so you might say, what in the 
all are you doing at a, at a design conference? Well, you know, I love design. <laughs> and, and so I think that um, I design solutions for oh, business. that's a good way to put it. I really do. I design yeah. solutions for business. And then back to the customer experience thing, you know, we want, no matter if you're a manufacturing company, if you're a medical office, if you're a bookstore, you want people, when they come in the door, to feel like you've gone to some trouble to make that a place they want to be, right? Absolutely. So that's why I went to the Southern Sea. I wanted to meet these people that had done this successful move, and I wanted to meet the people that live in that world and are either already very successful or that's their goal. Right. I like to be around movers and shakers. Uh, well, I think you're a mover and Well, thank you. Talk, I so. think you might be. <laughs> <laughs> just, just listening to you talk, I love... It seems like you have this this holistic approach to everything that everything is connected. Um, I think so. And I I love that. I love your worldview. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I love yours too. <laughs> um, okay, so when people come on the podcast, we ask them a few questions. We are on a podcast. We are kind of. I I keep saying we're new to the podcast world, but I think this is going to be like episode, episode seventy two. Wow. So new anymore? I hope we're not too new at it anymore. But we are podcasts. Chris and I like listening to podcasts. Mm-hmm. Is there a podcast that you listen to regularly that you enjoy? I listen to the Bookshelf podcast, of course. <laughs> and from, from um, I, I follow um, marketing mm-hmm. bloggers mm-hmm. some, and um, one named Melanie Duncan is one that I follow, okay. and she does podcasts from time to time that are good. Okay. So I'm not a huge, po- I don't have a long list, right? but I do find them helpful and inspiring. I do too. Mm-hmm. Um, and they make my boring, mundane tasks more pleasant and enjoyable. Mm-hmm. I listen to them because I'm endlessly bored by getting ready in the morning. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, and so I love listening to podcasts. That's that, a good idea of when to do that. Oh, yeah. When I'm getting yeah. ready, for some reason, that seems like a very arduous task in the morning, and so I turn on my favorite podcast or when I'm cleaning my house. It's, for me, it's when I'm in my car. Car. When yeah. I have to drive longer than 15 minutes, when go podcast, let's do it. What do you two like? What are some of your favorites? Um, I'd like recommendations. Well, so one of my favorites is I was telling Chris earlier, I love pop culture, and so I mm-hmm. love the pop cast, is one okay. of my favorites just for pop culture kind of news and notes. Um, I love Serial, that's a great one if you haven't okay. listened to that. Um, you'll hear about it a lot. This American Life mm-hmm. comes up a lot on this podcast. That's yeah. a great storytelling podcast. And lately I've been listening to a lot of Reply All, which is kind of a sort of tangentially related to This American Life, but they advertise it as a podcast about the internet. Oh. It's about any kind of story that's even a little bit related to the internet. I listened to a great one this morning from a couple years ago about a 1970s child star who has been uploading videos of himself as a child to YouTube, and people are now rediscovering this kind of nostalgia of remembering Aww, who this person was, and him remembering his life. It was fascinating. It was great. Reply All is really good, and you probably, you might enjoy that based on the work that you do mm-hmm. online. Yes. I will say, I don't think people um, have elevated podcasts to the point that is possible. Mm-hmm. I think it's mm-hmm. really, Still you said, you, you're doing a lot, but... As I said, you're always ahead of the curve, Amy. So, <laughs> but I think podcasts are a vehicle for marketing that haven't hasn't been fully oh, explored. Oh, I think you're right. Mm-hmm. I think especially because what we're seeing is um, radio shows are really mm-hmm. delving into mm-hmm. podcasts. But I think next you'll see more and more people becoming comfortable with it and trying it as a way to promote their business. And you know, when Katie Chastain and I talked about doing a podcast for the bookshelf. It started as a way to promote the bookshelf, and instead it's become this really fun way to connect 
to listeners and readers all over the country. Mm-hmm. Um, we thought it was going to be primarily Thomasville-based, but we've discovered we have a lot of listeners kind of all over the place. And I love that because we, the bookshelf can't be all over the country, but we can be on Instagram. That's we right. can be on this podcast and kind of get pe- let people get to know us that way. Which is the beauty of that. And yeah. I will send you one that the name doesn't, I met someone at Southern Sea, okay. actually, and it's uh, two beautiful young women from Albany, Georgia, okay. who have started a podcast business. I mean, that's what they are going to do, oh, is podcast. So I'm going to send you that information. I think yeah. you'd enjoy it. Yeah, I would love that. Um, okay, this I think will be pretty easy for you. What is your favorite part about life in the South? Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> you know, um, even though we're talking about a beautiful town, a beautiful city of Thomasville, we live on a farm, mm-hmm. as I said. Mm-hmm. And I think that the South has such a wonderful, provides us with such a wonderful opportunity to mix that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, people who live in a big city sometimes have never been right. to the countryside. Mm-hmm. And if you live in a, an environment that we live in where you have a small town that has big innovation like mm-hmm. Thomasville and then I'm 15 miles out mm-hmm. on a beautiful little southern farm it's just such a perfect mix so I love that I love the entertaining we do mm-hmm. in the south yeah. the greetings as we walk up and down the beautiful streets yes. um, I would not ever be happy I don't think living somewhere where we didn't have that warmth um, as a matter of fact, I made an Instagram post this morning with a pineapple. I was just had that on my mind, and I thought, don't we all want to be warm and welcoming and hospitable? Yes, that's we the goal. We do. That's yeah. the goal. So I think that's life in the South. Oh, I think you're right. <laughs> pineapple. The pineapple. Yeah. Jordan, one year, Jordan gave me, we get each other ornaments every year yeah. that we think describe our year. And one year, Jordan gave me a pineapple because we I'd had so many people in our home. And yeah. um, and it was, I love that because I, I that is the goal for me. I it want is. to be a place where people can come and gather. And that's not the case always with my house anymore, but that is the goal at the bookshelf yes. always. Um, and so I, I love that. I do too. What are you reading right now? Oh, I'm reading a couple of books right now. One is by Stan Slap, and it's called Under the Hood. Okay. And it's all about a business culture and how important the employees are Mm. to that culture and that they really make the culture. Absolutely. And you lead that business, but it's your behavior, your attitude, your words, everything you express adds to that culture. Mm -hmm. So I'm reading that one. I'm also reading one that is a, a, a tiny book. If you remember the old book that Jim Collins wrote, Good to Great, yes. he later did an addendum to that book because he realized after he wrote it that so many people in the social sector, like nonprofits, mm-hmm. said, what about us? What mm-hmm. about us? So he wrote a small addendum to that, and I'm rereading that because okay. it's really great on how to make your nonprofit great taking it from good to great so simultaneously i'm reading that book too oh fun okay and what is a classic you've never read but wish you had i don't know i i um i guess this is bad but i don't seek out classics you know what? i should read them but i don't seek that out you're not the only one no not at all and honestly when we threw some out there you said i've read that i've read that you've read a lot i'm a a big reader so i've probably covered a lot of ground and you know i'm a little bit older than you guys i've had a little more time (laughs) what we found (laughs) what we found at the bookshelf is that a lot of people classics are still one of the most 
purchase books in our store. I don't know that that means they're the most read. Right. You know, I wonder if people are buying them because they're so pretty now. Book covers are so beautiful. Right. And I think the way that I've always described them is they're aspirational. Like, oh, yes, I want to read Crime and Punishment. Let me buy that. Yes. And then it might sit on your shelf for 10 years before you pick it up. Yeah. But you bought it. Well, yeah. and it hasn't enough time passed that we have new classics. Yes. Yes, absolutely. You know, I mean, I would add The Secret Life of Bees as a classic. Yeah. Modern because classic. it's a newer yeah. published book, yeah. but it's hard to beat that book. Yeah. Um, I agree. And I, that's what I hope schools do start to notice, too, is that they can change their reading lists, mm-hmm. too, because we've got so many new books out, oh even in the past 20 years, that I think could qualify. I do, too. And yeah. you do such a good job of exploring those in your, so. in your column for the townie and in the suggestions you make. I always pay attention to those. I told you one day in the store, I am a stalker now. (laughs) The cookbook covers. Uh. What the design on those things is. We were just talking the other day. I think it has just. And I think it's just dramatically, drastically improved. And I don't know if that's because now so many people are buying their books for better or worse, right, on the internet. Mm -hmm. And all you can see is the cover. You can't flip through pages that way. And so I wonder if cover art has really had to step up. It's game. I think there's that, and then there's been, with the rise of the internet so, and, and digital culture in general, a much bigger push toward training in graphic design. Yes. Uh, yeah. um, so many more people are doing it so that we have more options, and maybe that has led to kind of a renaissance of great book covers. Yeah. No people longer, know what they're doing. You're not just competing to get your book read. You're right. competing to have people see your book and right. notice it on the shelf. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I love book covers. Yeah, I do too. And I think you're right. I think there's something to be said for, you know, you just spent some time at a conference about design. Yes. We're, I think we're all a lot more aware than we used to be right. about the importance of graphic design. Jordan was telling me the other Thanks, day. Thanks, Mad Men. <laughs> Jordan was telling me the other day, and I think he would tell you that's something he would not have paid attention to before. Mm-hmm. That's not something he's really into. But he teases that now he knows you know, when um, a menu is designed well or because he says yeah. we've spent so much time together, yes. and I immediately notice... That's a, that's an ugly logo, or that's a pretty you, logo. Because you think about it all the time. And you yeah. know what changed my world about that? I, I've always been interested in color, and, you know, I've always been a do-it-yourself, or mm-hmm. I used to sew a lot. And do, But what changed my world about design was when my daughter Jill became a photographer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and although she doesn't do that professionally anymore, mm-hmm. we had so many conversations about um, logo design and how it should look in a, in a, a picture and how you show the important pieces of it and how you don't. And yeah. there's all levels, you know, everybody thinks they're a photographer these days. <laughs> but I hate to tell you the bad news, but everybody's not. I'm not. Um, so that's how I really got to appreciating graphic design and yeah. the work that people do. She really taught me a lot about yeah. that world. I think in any time when you're owning your own business too, mm-hmm. you have to pay attention you to do. that. It's a big part of when people, just like people paying attention to books based on book covers, I think people pay attention to businesses based on the business's aesthetic yeah, and, absolutely. and the store logo or the displays or the windows I feel like you kind of have to you really have to step up your game in yes. that way and it's all one thing it all really, unified it, it yeah. really is and we need graphic we need great graphic designers we need great people to run social media mm-hmm. programs and strategies for business yeah. there's a lot out there that may not necessarily be being 
taught mm -hmm. in secondary education. I don't know about how to apply it to the job you're going to do right. in those areas. Yeah. You can develop the skills and the technology, but how do you decide how to right. lay it out how to the to world? Use it. Oh, mm -hmm. I think that's such a good point. My actually, my cousin is 22 and she just graduated college and her degree is in English, but she, you know, wrote for the campus magazine mm -hmm. and and then she her big thing was doing social media at both of her internships, but now she doesn't know how to market that skill. Yeah, right. there you go. And I keep trying to tell her walk around to small businesses because I needed a social media person. Yes. I needed help. I still need help with events <laughs> and marketing. And so surely there are businesses looking for that. It's a matter of if they can afford that and right. if they can afford That's to it. pay somebody part time or full time. But it's interesting that she wasn't quite sure where to begin. She's got these skills that probably would be really valuable to someone. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, and, and, and especially a business that's growing, mm -hmm. um, I think they, they can't afford not to. Mm -hmm. They really, they just don't recognize that. But yeah. you cannot afford to skimp on your marketing strategy. No. Mm -hmm. Cannot. No. Well, this has been so wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Well, thank you for the invitation. It's been fun. Good. I'm so glad you got to join us. As usual, you can find full episodes of From the Front Porch on iTunes or on our store website, www.bookshelfthomasville.com. And if you're not following us on social media, one, what's wrong with you? <laughs> but two, you can do it by finding us at Bookshelf on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks so much for listening, and we will see you next week.